Warning, it is the opinion of the Forestry Productions LLC and the Working Perspectives podcast that we should inform you that some of the language used in this recording could possibly be considered offensive. You have been warned, so if you decide to listen to the recording, then don't complain about the language. Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, some real, real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied today by Jalen Dove, Justin Richardson, Heartstopper, Jana Hilo, and our special guest today is the one and only Bob Miles. You can find all our stuff and all our content and all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast, and you can join us on the Twitter and the Tiki Talk at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com, and please like and subscribe so we can keep bringing you this sweet sweet content jalen dub how we doing baby feeling good feeling great looking good looking great very nice jana hello how you doing so good feeling angelic well looking angelic well speaking of angelic this is the working perspectives podcast let's get this thing started let's go it's our objective to be effective by voice in societies working perspectives exploring your day and how you get paid launching a new episode every tuesday your day can transform while we inform with new episodes available on every platform so check out our vibe and how we get live then do us a solid share and subscribe all right let me tell you let me tell you let me tell you a little something about our guest today so bob miles is a buddy of mine i met at the gym at the hensel gray cpa academy I'll tell you, it's one of those things where it's uh, like when you you know, when you click with someone right away, you're like, this guy, I like this freaking guy. He's got a jib. I like the cut of that jib. You know what I mean? So hit it off with Bob right away. Super nice guy. Super good dude. Really, really fun. But then also he started he had a show and we'll get into talking about it. And he talked, told me about the show and everything like that. And then I started you know, hearing stories from him and background and was like, wow, this guy's just got it all going for him, you know? So really, really excited when I could book him to be on the show. And it was a long time coming and super excited. He's here. Thank, you know, very thankful he's here. And Bob, thanks for coming on. I just want to get this thing going. And before we get started, I would just like to ask, what movie do you think is better, The Godfather Part 1 or The Godfather Part 2? Uh, part 1, man, because that brings you into Part 2. See, wow. I don't remember enough about Part 2, but I just sucks. remember Part 1. You you are, you are hold your and, tongue, and, Justin. <laughs> and you know what else? I saw The Godfather Part 1 at the theater as a uh, kid. My father took I Wow. Saw, yeah, that's how long ago. That how, old, was. how old were you? Do you remember? Oh, dude, I can barely remember how old. I am today. Yeah, uh, I was maybe 
12 or 13. I don't All know. Right. But was, it was in the it'd be full... great if you were like seven. And your dad's it was wild, man. It was great. Uh, but I honestly I don't remember part two. I've seen them all, yeah. but they all kind of blend together, you know. Sure, so sure. but they're it's all, all great. It's man. all one big great American tale. And then yeah, they remade it with the Mouskowitz and Fievel Mouskowitz and American Tale. Great stuff. But yeah, okay, yeah. next question uh cheetos do you like crunchy or puffed puffed that's what my daughter wow said. yeah wow <laughs> justin justin what is what do we got here all right <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah, bob bob this well my is... daughters get them that's why true you know? hey all right so whatever they you have they your reasons with, you have your hang, reasons you know yeah. I don't have a choice. Uh, no, no. You're you're everything's made up for you at this point, you know, when you have daughters, you're done. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Daughters and a wife, you're not making any choices for the rest of your life, pal. No. Uh, changing right. my diapers, maybe. Yeah, how about it? Uh okay. This is the one that's really gonna split the room, Bob. Okay. When you eat wing, are you yeah. drums? Or flats? Drums. Did I screw that up too? Nobody goes three for three. No one No one has ever gotten the J-Dub cycle. No one. <laughs> you were so close. <laughs> so close. We. I'll tell you, the Puff Renaissance... The Puff Renaissance is alive. It's come back. Yes. Wow, has yeah. it come back? The we, first like fifty episodes I was on, no one said Puff. No one, really, no, no one. Really? Oh, yeah. We've this will be like our hundred and seventieth or hundred whatever episode. Oh. And and Justin, we've uh, Justin's been on almost a year. It's not a Renaissance. It's also seven people, but it's a Renaissance. <laughs> well, no, the I mean, at seven. It went when 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 it's the first thirty, say. Yeah crunchy that we thought there was never a chance for puffed and now we're getting puffed every week it's like what is Are going you, on here oh well, my gosh if you have my daughters on man it'd be puffs you know yeah i so. mean <laughs> says a lot about you justin uh, <laughs> hey they're what, both great they're both what, great. Uh, yeah. one of them one of them we found out shout out uh i guess we won't say her name but shout out she's a genius and she uh she's you know she saved the show uh but <laughs> Okay, and then what about amusement parks or water parks? What do you prefer, Bob? Oh, I love water parks. I love both. Yeah. I love both. Oh, but I love Camel Beach. Oh. When I go up there, man, it's like my wife says, oh, man, it's dirty. You're in with a lot of people. I have a great, really funny yeah. story about that. You want to hear it? Yeah, of course. I, I went up like my one daughter's 19. So okay. she was like five or six. And my neighbor, he adopted two from China. So we okay. adopted two girls. My Janet, my wife and I adopted two girls. So okay. So I go with Jim and he's a big dude. I mean, he's like six, two. Your, like your neighbor three, is Jim. Yeah, Jim. Okay. 300 pounds. And we're mm -hmm. walking around the park with two Chinese girls. <laughs> everyone's staring at us man uh, all the guys are looking at us i can't figure it out it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't until the end of the day i realized they thought we were a gay couple with two <laughs> i'm serious i said jim i said guess what he said what i said they're looking at us because they think we're gay they think we're married and well. we got to you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And you adopted two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, really. I love that. Yeah. Really. Jim would have been the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> would, would have been I was thinking they thought you guys were creeps. 
yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Front, too, uh, yeah. You know? so. But nice. So, <laughs> man, that is good. Okay. And then what about uh, pancakes or waffles, Bob? Uh, you know what? It depends. Like if I go to Perkins, sometimes I'll get a waffle, but I love pancakes, man. Especially when I'm down south. I'll oh. go to a uh, uh, waffle house is big, but I'll get pancakes. I love pancakes. Yeah. So it yeah, been five yeah. for five, Bob. If wow. You just I, if you just would have had flats. You just said flats. God damn it. <laughs> I'm, trying play, I'm trying to play both sides of the room because I said yeah. waffles. No, the other side of the room is animals, Bob. Stay with <laughs> me. I'm fading fast. We're sophisticated yeah. gentlemen. Wow. I cannot believe he's like. I'll tell you, he it's like Yahtzee and having one, you know, one away from hitting Yahtzee. You know what I mean? Like, it's Could unreal. Could have had the J-Dub cycle. No one's ever hit for the J-Dub cycle. You're pretty close. Well, I'm going for it, man. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's keep it going. So, Bob, you're the best, dude. Thanks for coming on. Super excited to Thank get you. into this. So, yeah. we want to – I'll start out right away. So, we got – you were – Born and you born in Abington and grew up in Warminster. I was born in Abington. Were you? Yeah. Okay. Probably explain in 1985. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. 1958, dude. Yeah. Were you born yeah, in I'm May? 64. I know, February 16th. Okay. And I'll give you my social <laughs> <laughs> and your address. Yeah. yeah. So, code okay. your garage. Yeah. So, <laughs> what uh okay so you're growing up in warminster right and you had kind of i'll tell you so like you said you were born in 58 but things were a little different back then right different so they had you like in school it was the discipline was a lot (laughs) different right oh oh my god i was in trouble like all the time and everyone knew me and i was uh so we had mr D, Mr. Dekatowski, and he was a tough dude. I remember in sixth grade, he grabbed grabbed Barry Harris, slammed Barry's head down on the tile where the heat comes out on the side by the windows. What? Oh, yeah, you could, they could do that all the time. Slammed him down and held him and was cursing at him, let him up and went back to teaching. Oh, man, they had, they had paddles. They had paddles with holes in them, like, like uh like 12 holes a dozen holes so it would go fast so the wind went like it was more aerodynamic yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but 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 get this man we had swimming and this is at law college junior high so every week man or twice a week they make a stand and we were totally naked like i don't know like 50 guys kids seventh grade eighth grade naked standing for like 10 minutes you talk about man i never had a more awkward experience waiting to to get my bathing suit they had them in these like white cloth bins and he had to stand there so i'll tell you why why. because they're just like we we would swim in this year (laughs) really like they they get all excited they bring the chart up they're like Jeffrey's coming like, along well. Like I had 50 bucks on Schwartz. I was way wrong. Kids yeah. on a horse. Kids ain't coming. I didn't know Blew why they out. had I didn't know why they had cameras, man, and Vaseline, the whole bit. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna stop. So, so anyway. Yeah. Wait, wait. Anyway. So hold on. They had all like they had like the the classes swim trunks. Everyone, I guess you yeah. just shared trunks. So yeah. there's like a big bin of trunks. Right. So they would have you all get naked, 
stand by the wall and one by one go get your trunks. Exactly. Why would they just have you keep your clothes on and give you the trunks when you first walked in? Hey, can, like, can you just Call hand me the trunks? Them. Yeah. Call them. This is like 1970. <laughs> like, look, like, you got to like, be no. naked if you want these trunks, Bob. <laughs> really? Really? And I'm like, you know, in seventh, like seventh, yeah. eight, the most awkward, yeah. most awkward man, you know? Yeah. So that's um, awful. But yeah. you know what's worse is we would swim, right? And then whoever was the last out of, out of the pool, and there was always one person was last, had to get paddled. So they enjoyed it, man. But they Whoa. brought, they brought those red, uh, you know, the boards you have when you swim. Like if you can't swim for older ladies, yeah, they would bring them out. Yeah, paddle. Right. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And just paddle you like three times as hard as they could. And all you had, it was like you were naked, you know? Oh. So I got that a lot because I was last and other guys were last. And we'd be petrified. <laughs> oh. You know, you knew you were gonna get it. So yeah. Oh. Yeah. And oh then I was all, I was always called down to the disciplinarian, Mr. Dekatowski. And I'll tell you how out of control it was. Bucky Clark was the Barry <laughs> 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 Harris and Bucky Clark. I mean Bucky Clark these names are just great. <laughs> was <laughs> I know was the president of the school or principal, right? Yeah. So what he did, he decided to make, and you can look this up on Google, to make Law College in 1970 the most crowded school as an experiment in all of Pennsylvania. Now, Pennsylvania is big. There's yeah. thousands of schools, thousands. So they built portables and they brought, do you know, Lacey Park, Warminster Heights, very impoverished area okay. in, in Warminster. So okay. you had really like we're like middle, lower class, but right. these were like very poor people and they were tough, man. So yeah. they came in. They were always fist fighting. Mr. D one time grabbed one of the kids. He had his hair like Prince Valiant and said, I don't like your hair. And he cut it. And he lived in Lacey Park. The father came mm -hmm. in, said, Mr. D, I'm so and so and punched him in the in the eye. He had a shiner like that for weeks I saw, him, I saw him i said what happened and he said remember you heard of muhammad ali right he yeah. like laughed it off you know yeah. but because i was in there all the time getting packed you know yeah, yeah. and the really tough guy he's dead today greg de stefano he ended up in prison but he was a tough dude. No. but you got him in private like we would be pulled into the room and he pull out the paddle and Greg would break down like a little girl crying, like a little sissy, just crying his eyes out. Yeah. And I'm here like, Greg, get a hold of yourself, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You're like, so, Greg, relax. It's only got 10 yeah. holes. It's not that yeah. aerodynamic. <laughs> really, yeah. really. But that was like every day they were paddling people, you know? Whoa. So, yeah, yeah. Could you it imagine was, like wow. they're in the teacher's lounge, right? Like I'm, I'm assuming the shop teacher was like every every teacher's best friend. He's like, look, I'm going to customize a paddle for you. It's going to have 10 holes. It's going to be mahogany. It's going to be, you're going to whack the shit out of these kids. Right, right. You know? Yeah, like, mahogany would hurt. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. So that's so, nuts. I'll tell you this, yeah. though. Shout out to Prince Valiant's dad, because if someone did that to my kid, I would beat the you fucking do it too. shit out yeah. of him. Yeah, I, I know. Murder no, him. I know. You already know Jack would. Yeah, he came yeah. in and just oh and Jack just Jack Nancy, yeah. oh yeah. Jan, Janice, both down there. Jan, 
Janice dad's got a reputation for snapping necks and cashing checks. And it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, it took pretty a lot great. of balls, you know, it took a lot of balls for Mr. D to do that. Yeah, so. he, that, that honestly, I mean, it's just, you know, he's honestly like that kind of like, uh, if, he, if you're a middle school teacher, right? Like yeah. high school is one thing because some of these right. kids can hit back. Oh, right yeah. you know what i mean very, very but hard. middle school you're even the biggest kid in middle school he's yeah. the still the smallest kid in a high school that's you know what true, i mean right like you know like most of the and, time at least and you, you know what it was so overcrowded like we'd have showers and the showers were open so yeah. you'd be like with 20 kids in a shower right Oof. and there always once a week be a fist fight between one of the puerto ricans and yeah. one of the other guys you know yeah. always like totally nude fistfights <laughs> yeah it was scary it was and like they wouldn't crazy, they man. wouldn't break it up it they're a... standing there like yeah get them get them oh man <laughs> slipping and sliding and fighting uh, and uh man it, it was war it was like prison it was like i was living in prison you know yeah, yeah, so yeah yeah, yeah. so Jesus. yeah never yeah, you don't want to fight naked no <laughs> i never have one time never me and me. me and my stepbrother who's like similar in my age and then he's an older brother me and him get in a fight and as the fight's going on, his older brother comes out of the shower in a towel and like jacks me up against the wall and he's butt naked. Like at this, like it's fallen at this point. I'm just pinned against the wall. He's like, fight somebody your own size. I'm like, wow, the screens. I'm like, you're not my size. <laughs> and I was like, who, uh, who Nick did that? Yeah, Nick in a, in a towel, just like one hand. I was like, this isn't like, you know, like this isn't fair. Yeah, yeah. Hey, this I, is, this I, is the closest guy to my size. I'm already fighting him. Right, right. This right, was right. a fair Just fight. Just kick, kick him in the balls, you know? Yeah, next uh, time. But I, I got a question for you. You're in a locker room. Okay. And you're getting dressed, you're naked. And sure. you got a, your little kid with you, and the little kid runs out. Yeah. And you got to get your kid. Yeah. So you have only a towel. What oh, part boy. of you do you cover to run out in the middle of everybody to get your kid? I mean, I'm just going to wrap it up and run, yeah. I hope. But yeah, in what just... part? But you got a towel. So you what do part of you would you, you cover your face? That's yeah. it. One for one, right? It'd be crazy so. if it happened twice and they'd be like, oh, Wacky's <laughs> back. Oh, gee. <laughs> right. Right. Really? Really? So, so all right. Wow. I mean, uh, yeah. holy crap freaking so school yeah yeah so that was warminster pennsylvania bedroom community you know a nice place to grow up but not today you know, you know? No. Yeah, yeah no 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 i didn't know so. I, I didn't know warminster was like that now that's great i didn't know this too well, i was talking to someone i work with apparently there's parts of lancaster that are just like crazy bad and i'm like lancaster yeah. like lancaster. Nah, I, yeah yeah i was like my, are we sure here no you it's know. true my daughter went to millersville last year and that's right in the center of lancaster i heard the same thing yeah wow. it's like oh yeah man there's a, a guy was driving around with a uh a rifle shooting at the dorms at millersville what? it was in the paper yeah, i'm serious man i don't know Whoa. what type of rifle but yeah yeah Man. So yeah, you get crazies everywhere. It doesn't matter, yeah. you know. Yeah, true. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. You're you're talking to three of them. So okay, let's keep it moving then. Okay. So, Janet must be in the room because it ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so 
I want to talk about this. Your dad was, your dad taught boxing in the basement of your house. And yes. like he boxed when he was younger and things like that. And he got, he instilled a love of boxing with into you. So what was that like? Like, you know, as a kid seeing that, like, cause I'll tell you, you're in the golden age, brother. You were yeah, living uh, the dream, especially I was at this time. Imagine this, right? Everyone's heard of Marvin Hagler. Right. Marvin Hagler is originally from Massachusetts. Right. And right. he was he wanted to be the middleweight world champion. Right. There was besides besides Tommy Hearns, Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran. All the, re the rest of the top 10 were based out of Philadelphia. Yeah. So if oh, you yeah. want if you wanted a shot at the middleweight crown, you had to come through Philadelphia and Philadelphia still is. And was back then the number one boxing city in the world. It's right? the boxing capital of the world, yeah. man. And it's, it is. It, it is. And like, there's a good reason for it. It's very, his, it's very storied. But so Hagler came down here and he made it through the middleweight division. But that's why when he came out, he was, you know, as good as yeah. he was. But yeah. you got to see that live. Like fights at I the did. spectrum. If I you did. made it to the spectrum, it was, you were, you know, on top of the world. So go right, ahead. Right. How your dad, he taught okay. boxing, yeah. he well, had some my, fighters, so how'd yeah, it go? My, my dad was a shorter guy, okay. and so he had a short complex, but he grew you're, up- But in, you're like 6'2", right? Six, no, I used to be like 6'1", but okay. now that I'm older, I'm just about 6. It's yeah. amazing, man. You Me just too. Keep, you keep shrinking, you know? I'm like just, say, I'm yeah, just about 6. I'm just about 6 yeah. foot. I'm 5'11". Yeah. I'm That's a very- God damn it, Jana. I am 5'11". <laughs> He wears a yeah. nine sneaker. Yeah. Right, a nine oh, sneaker. I'm in yeah, double with heels. With heels. He's got yeah. lifts. Lifts in his shoes. Either lifts. way, everybody yeah, knows yeah. I'm 5'11". And uh, so, okay, so your dad was a little bit so, of a shorter guy. Had yeah, a kind of, he, he you know. Fought, okay. He fought, and this is where, you know, I think the term prize, uh, boxing for pr prize fighting came from, was they would fight for money in the depression. Oh, yeah. That's how he made money, you know? Yeah. So he had a lot of fights under him. And then when he got older, he decided, he, he worked full time, but he had this love for boxing. So he put a heavy bag. I don't think they, we had a speed bag. That was it, those two things. And we had like, you know, uh, regular ceilings. And this, this is crazy. My brothers would get condoms, fill them with water, put them on we had cinder block and shoot a shotgun in the basement at them and so the walls were filled the cinder block was filled with holes i'm serious i'm not kidding you man because Why? I what did the water oh just like a target explode. yeah yeah it was a target it's <laughs> it a target it's a target yeah we were crazy i had two older brothers man so anyway uh wow so and so my father had to keep us in line we were we were sure. like out of control right yeah. so Same. anyway he had fighters come down not, not a yeah. lot but enough okay. and um and he yeah. had one that i went to alany to see fight okay. and the guy was visibly like shaken up when he was in the ring <laughs> i said there's no way there's a big dude his name was ken i said there's no way he's going to win a black guy came out and tore him up like in the first round because he had, it was like his first fight and he quit after that. Yeah. And, and uh, I never, my father, I don't think he really wanted any of us to fight because he went through that. Uh -huh. And if you go through that, 
you like kind of want to keep your sons protected. But at the same time, he wanted us to know self-defense, but he yeah. never pushed it on us. So, yeah. you know, youth is wasted on the young. I had the perfect opportunity and I did. And I ended up doing it at work at PennDOT through Reggie Jackson, who knew Reggie knew Emil Griffith. He knew Benny Briscoe. He knew all the guys because he grew up in that in that that neighborhood and he was that age you know so he would take me up during work and when i told him i saw all these guys when i was kid we hit it off really well he took me up and taught me boxing before i came to you matt you know okay and that's one reason i have to say matt i'm like so impressed with you as a boxer but also as a coach for one word you would use that was so authentic you would just come out and naturally say, babe, you always said the, Hey babe. And I didn't hear that <laughs> since my father, nobody says that. And I said, this guy's the real deal. You know, <laughs> you are, you worked my ass off so hard. Some, some, I couldn't even get up. I hey, mean, man. you had it. I you learned had it. from your, I learned from your middle school teacher. How to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would pat off. That, I mean, like, yeah, no, I'm no, kidding. No, but but uh, uh, you're the so, best, dude. Thanks so, for saying that. So later, he took me when I was like 10, 11, uh, maybe younger to the spectrum. Once your dad, two, your dad would take my you. father. Yeah, okay. my father with a bunch and of he, other guys. So he, he like he didn't want you guys to get into it, but he wanted you guys to be able to take care of yourselves. But he right. still had a love for the sport. Yeah. And I'll, I, I, dude, I'll I tell you, I'll, I'll tell you this, man. So the way it used to be back in the day, and this was this was fascinating. You would have to get a sponsor for your fight. So if you're talking like John L. Sullivan, gentleman Jim Corbett, things like that, right? Like say you're the, the John L. Sullivan, you're the heavyweight champ, right? Or did actually you guys seen Cinderella, man, right? James yeah. J. Braddock. Oh, that's great. Okay. Man. This is how this is a genius move. Listen to this, right? James J. Braddock, he was Cinderella man, won the title, was able to kind of coast and retire off of that, didn't have to fight again, made it through the depression, was on top of the world, had tons of money, tons of notoriety, tons of recognition, hero to the people, right? And Mm -hmm. he was the champ, right? He then there's another up and coming fighter named Joe Lewis, Mm. right? (laughs) <laughs> who ends up being one of the best heavyweights of all time. And Joe Lewis is like begging to fight, begging to fight, uh, begging to fight Braddock because it's like he was the lineal champion. He never lost the belt, right? And Lewis is like, please, if I beat you, I can then be the champ and no one can argue and all this stuff, yeah. right? But mind you, Braddock hadn't had a fight in like 10 years, right? So Joe Lu- Braddock, Braddock's like, fine, I'll fight you, but I get 10% of your future purses for the rest of your career right (laughs) and joe lewis would end up being the biggest fighter of his era he was like you know tyson and holyfield and everything on steroids so yeah dude genius genius move but back in the day what i was going to say is back in the day you would get a sponsor right so say like a guy could legit duck you saying like your purse isn't big enough your purse isn't big enough right like you don't have enough money to fight against me is what he's saying really he's like i wouldn't like why would i fight you you only have 20 bucks you know what i mean yeah so you would get a sponsor and the sponsor would be like okay here's forty thousand dollars on you and then he would have to match the forty thousand and then when it would be winner take all right it's not like now they have like guaranteed purses right you know what i mean 
But could right. you oh, yeah. imagine how different fights would be now if it was winner take all? You know, one, there would be you couldn't leave it up to decision. It would have to go to knockout. Right. Yeah. Like because decision, you would get screwed. You like legit like you couldn't leave it in anyone's house. But if they did winner take all purses, it would have to be till you know, someone knocked out. Like, could you imagine a guy's getting his ass kicked for like 15 rounds and then he has the better cardio and is able to take it to like the 20th round and beat like, oh my God. that would be like, if they brought that back, that would be incredible. Yeah. So, that, but well, that's, that's why I had so many people die in the ring no, and after the ring, you know? Yeah. I mean, Dude, really. the, the rules yeah. back then were crazy. I told, I think I've said this before back, back then, right. In like uh, the Jack Dempsey era, right. He fought this guy named Jess Willard. Jess Willard knocked out Jack Johnson. And he was like this dude. He was like, imagine in the early 1900s, someone's 6'7", right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're the biggest person alive, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he was, ma- this dude, Jess Willard, massive dude, right? Dempsey is probably like my height, like six foot, you know, something like that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Dempsey knocked him down. It was like 14 times or something in like the, like in the first few rounds. And what they would do, the rule was this, is that as soon as your hands left the canvas, as soon as the person who got knocked down, hands left the canvas, the other person was allowed to start hitting them, right? (laughs) So it's not, it's not like when they stand back up and the ref cleans them off. It's they're on, they're on their hands and knees. They get up to their feet. As soon as their hands leave the canvas, some dude can, is punching down, which means you have more force and just bash right like oh my goodness. and they were wondering like why are guys dying in here <laughs> right. you know like, that, what that is man. going on right. yeah. if you can stand up you can eat a punch yeah 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 obviously yeah, yeah well, they didn't that... have to be standing even they just had to be like take it off a little bit they're still bent over right oh 100 uh dude if you're a guy you're timing it like let the hands come up come on you know like yeah, just and wham, dude. Could you could you imagine just like also there those gloves? It's not like they were Grant, you know what I mean, like Grant gloves or anything, or you know, fightings or something, you know, whatever. Uh, they, yeah, hi, yeah. It's not like they were anything good. It was legit like a sack with some padding, and they would doctor them all the time. And guys would have like they would wear like hold bolts in their hands to make their fists oh, harder, gosh. or and cut have, the eyes with, yeah, the, and they, with the stitching, and yeah, yeah. and they have wet wraps, and they would put shit on their stuff to make their eyes blur. Like all that is legit. That is not a lie. They were doing that, yeah. especially if it's like not a not a big time fight. If it's like a lower one, they're cheating yeah. like motherfuckers. But, and then they ha- they have to get up and go to work the next day. Yeah, too crazy, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, try to do that yeah so okay uh this is the time of the show it's everybody's new favorite segment it's the segment we all love the best segment in town it's the Jalen question segment bob you watch westworld i i have not i'm sorry you, you have a I concept watched, of what westworld is uh not really i'm sorry <laughs> i just like a, uh, it's I a love time Ozark. that's fair it's a time era amusement park where you can't get injured right but you can enjoy all the thrills of said time era so you yeah. can go to the Wild West, you can go to the medieval times, you can go to like a samurai world. Which one would you choose? Samurai. Samurai. Oh, yeah, I like yeah. it. Dude, I like Bob. Like, Me and Bob have all the same answers. Dude, you I, I, and Bob. I only <laughs> made this question because I want to go to samurai. Yeah. 
Yeah, if, yeah. If you, know, you just had, if you just like flats over drums, Bob, <laughs> you'd be Justin's long lost dad. Right. Well, you know what I have to tell you. you know, I have so I many. Saw, I can just add you right in. I yeah. saw the original Westworld at the movies at the Barnes with Cinema. Brenner, the ones, the ones with Joel yeah. Brenner. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, it was great, man. I don't Same remember concept. much. Yeah, yeah, same concept. It was great. Yo, it dude, was awesome. Yul, Yul Brenner, shout out. Incredible. Dude, yeah. Magnificent Seven. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible yeah. movie. Right, right, right. You're all too right. young to know all that. I love, dude, Magnificent Seven might be one of my favorite movies ever. Him, dude, had had everybody. Yul Brenner, Steve McQueen, Charles Bronson. It was yeah. loaded. Kidney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve McQueen. There was a oh, class act. Dude, right? that guy. Talk about yeah. just slaying. Yeah. How, about, how about Bullock? I mean, what oh. a movie. <laughs> Dude, and Great Escape. Kidding me? Yeah. Steve McQueen, Steve McQueen yeah. must have gotten so many chicks. It was on. He was yeah. Steve fucking McQueen. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, right. All right. Jana okay. would even date him, and she doesn't even like McQueens. <laughs> well, they, t- they took that name for cars, man. Yeah, yeah, they, Lightning they, McQueen. Lightning. Yeah, Lightning McQueen, yeah. All right. Would you, uh, would you rather be hunted by the alien or the predator? Ooh. Okay. Wow. Uh since I don't know aliens, I'll say the predator, man. You never wow. seen predator. You never seen alien? Or aliens? Uh, so predator. Well, yeah, but I don't necessarily believe in, in aliens. So you know you believe in aliens? But well, you I haven't believe, seen any. Do you believe in ghosts? Pre- predator was technically an alien. <laughs> yeah. You believe in ghosts? Yeah, yeah, I do. Actually, I do. You seen a ghost? I do. Have you me seen me or Matt? Yeah. Me? Yeah. I, I no, but I have a weird story close to one. Of course you oh, want to hear okay. your weird story. Okay. I had, I had a job. My neighbor owned a funeral home, grand funeral home in, in Southampton. Okay. So right outside of high school, I went to college. It was like the best job you yeah. could ever have because yeah. it paid unbelievable money. Yeah, on the weekends, you're always like, in business. You're always in business. I had friends People come. People are through. dying to get in there. They are dying <laughs> to get in there. So any, anyway, I was painting it one summer. In the summers, I would paint, and he had a crematory attached to it. So I'm up on the roof, and they went out to what's called a graveside service. And it's like July or August. Beautiful day, no wind, nothing. True story. So I'm up on the roof, I'm painting, and I just feel this black, dark thing go through me, just went through me. I said, man, what was that? They drove to Sunset Memorial Park, which is in Huntington Valley, to do a graveside. So they took a tent because of the sun and they put the tent up. So they all come back like an hour later and Rowan Grant had a toupee and it's like on backwards. And the other guy, their hair is all screwed up. And Jack comes up to me, he said, you will not believe what happened. I said, what? He said, as we were doing the surface, swear you're going to think I'm making this up. He said, a wind kicked up and it was no wind, perfectly blue sky. Wind kicked up, picked the tent up, took one of the posts and chased one of the guys, went after one of the guys. It was like a movie, he told me. And they all saw it. They all witnessed it and told me about it when they came back. I know they weren't bullshitting me. I know that, you know? So that's my ghost story. Wow. Yeah. And so I know that stuff. I know that dark side exists from from that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So that yeah. was like 1976, 77, you know? Damn. Yeah, I know. I Damn. Know. Yeah, that I can is... write a book on this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So. Damn. All right. Well, okay. Very good. Uh, Justin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Time to end this interview. <laughs> Who do you think would win in a fight, Stan Musil or Johnny Bench? Uh, Johnny Bench. <laughs> I'm going to go with dude. Oh my god! That, I don't know. Is that funny. is that a fucking boomer kind of question or it'd be, what? It'd be kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know, man. Can they fight? You know, I mean, Stand the man you know? musel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, like you can be big, you can be athletic. Doesn't mean you can fight. And Matt can tell you that, right? Matt? That is very true. I don't yeah, know. He's not can, tall. I don't know how many times <laughs> we've seen like you. Fuck you. I am <laughs> fucking five eleven. It's all relative. It's all relative. I don't know I'll how many what, times six, I've yeah six six to me. Yeah, Matt, you're six six. Hey, appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, Matt, sure. you're five eight to me. God damn it, Janet. I'm five <laughs> eleven. But I'll tell you, there's been a million times that guys have come into gym like guys that are like muscle on top of muscle, or were like athletes in another sport that you know wanted to switch over, and you know they just they just can't hack it, man. Some dudes do like. If you're not made for it, you're not made for it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if there's if you got like a weak bone structure or a weak chin, like that, you know, or no constitution, it it comes out pretty quick. So right. yeah. yeah, you're you're 100 right, Bob. Where it's like yeah. you know, not everybody, you know, not everyone can yeah. do that stuff. But yeah. Go, yeah. go ahead, Justin. So, so, I interrupt okay. you. That's cool. You could be an all star at any sport in any position. What would you what would you pick? Definitely MMA. Definitely MMA. Yeah. I'd be wow. like UFC for hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Wow, you're the definitely. first one to say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Be, uh, only because, you know what, Rich Lada, I Love was him. in his MMA class for about six months. Yeah. And Rich gave me a key because he knew how. Here I am, man, in my 60s. He gave me a key because I was so excited. I would open the gym a half hour early. Me and Matal would roll. I'm not talking like flow rolling. I'm talking rolling i'd be wiped out by the time rich showed up like yeah. i had like 45 minutes of rolling i'm ready to go and then we had a class for an hour of mma and i told rich i never had such a high in my life ever mm -hmm. ever it, it was awesome man it's so awesome i don't know so, how many times like i've said it on this show a million times but i can't speak highly enough about rich i fucking love that guy he really that, is like you, he's he's the best dude he is he is. he is he is and he, he is the best he is and he's been through so much man he's oh. been through so much what yeah. a what a great guy you know yeah to be so. yeah to go on through what he yeah i don't want to air his stuff out but yeah yeah he, he's just yeah he's the he's best. awesome I, oh love he's, him to death man love yeah him to death. yeah so i learned a lot you know i learned a lot but uh you, you know everything comes to an end so you know so yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. okay so let's bring uh, Justin uh, any more or what else you got for questions? I don't have any more questions. Bob, do you have any questions for me? Great, great question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if it were the, the next fight coming up, man, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nate Diaz. Yeah, do you yeah. think he's being fed to the Lions on this fight coming up? I think he, he does what his for? brother does and just lays around, takes out a five round decision and walks away and gives everyone the finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, he must have. I'll tell you, Nick that. did the same thing. Nick, like, laid on the canvas and just let all yeah. five rounds go by and said, Fuck you. Let me out of this goddamn contract. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's up for the next fight. So, you know, it's going to be a bit. Well, I can't pronounce the guy's name, but the guy's. Good, yeah, Chime so, Chimev or whatever. Yeah. I can't. Uh, he's number one contender. Yeah. Kamzat Chimev or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But, I, 
honestly honestly yeah they want to get make real money fighting the paul brothers so that's their gimmick they want to but yeah but they'd have no ground game they have no ground game i mean i don't think i think it would just be a boxing match i don't think it would be Uh, yeah he'd make more money than every fight he's ever fought yeah it'll be yeah yeah Yeah. let him fight khabib let him fight khabib and have khabib just taken down and it's over you know, I'll tell you, the, it's I mean, I know Jan is really interested in this, but if honestly, if like as much as Nate Diaz is like, you know, whatever mm-hmm. about McGregor, he owes his whole career yeah. to McGregor. Yeah, right. Like does. his whole stardom is because he took that McGregor fight on short notice and won after Aldo like faked the injury. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like that was and that just fucking blew up the whole MMA world. But and he was like, honestly, on top of the world after that. one. You know, he's on well, talk shows and you, stuff. you know, you can say what you want about McGregor, but McGregor brought back entertainment into it. And so did Ronda Rousey. True. Like Ali. Everybody did. loves a you need yeah. a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. But you need entertainment as well. Like yeah. when Nunez knocked out Rousey. I was like, oh, no, no, because Nunez has like no entertainment value, none, yeah. zero. And it was like, oh, Not man, great bring, at a press conference. Bring, no, bring Rousey back, please. Yeah. I know she can't she can't hold her own anymore. You know, she's done. But man, she was entertaining, you know, yeah. and yeah. same with McGregor. He, yeah, is he an a- asshole? Yes. But he brought real entertainment to the sport, you know. He was so, he, honestly his press conferences were something. Cool great. He was incredible <laughs> on the mic. Yeah. Incredible. Did you also? See he's one? still raking in the money from that Floyd fight. You remember the, the Floyd fight? Yeah, like, I do. Did you did, did you see that before the press conference? Oh, uh, the he, press conferences for Floyd with Floyd's so father. He's yeah. fighting with Floyd's father in the audience. So great. It's like, it was so great. Yeah. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, dude, they were, so, they had like a tour. What, what, all right. We're getting yeah, off I, track. I got, well, I got a great Holly Holm story. No one oh. knows. Yeah. I had a, a guy, Ryan McGreevy, on my show. Now, we'll get into this later, but I had a guitar show for 25 years. So this guy from Albuquerque, New Mexico comes on and it's Ryan McGreevy. I'm filming on a cruise ship outside, we're like outside of Africa somewhere on a cruise ship, right? And he comes on, I, I had like tons of artists had uh, interviews. So I'm reading his bio, it says Albuquerque, New Mexico. And you can look up Ryan. I said, Ryan, I said, do you know Holly? He said, yeah, man. He said, her and I go out and do all the meet and greets for Albuquerque, New Mexico. And he said, my sister went to school with her and they graduated together. I said, do you have any stories? He said, yeah, this is before we filmed the show. So he said, Holly in eighth grade was in his sister's soccer uh, uh, club before she was really, you know, into fighting, but she still had that personality. He said she showed up at a soccer meet. She shaved her eyebrows (laughs) and cut her eyelashes to intimidate the girls. That's an eighth grade. True story. Wow. And he, he said they want to they want to like a uh, a grocery store to get like snacks like either before or after a meet and greet and the guy behind the counter bringing them up didn't know who she was and he kept saying to his buddy man look at her look at that you know look at that yeah, yeah. Bud, check that out yeah and ryan's behind her going like, like yeah you, know, you, you might not want to say that yeah yeah so she walks away. He's paying for his food. 
And he said, do you know who that is? That's Holly Holmes, man. She could just eat you alive. The yeah. kid had like no idea, you know? So yeah. th- they're the two Holly Holmes stories. I, lo- I would love if that actually happens. And she's just like, dude, shut the fuck yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have her elbows out. And man, she is badass and elbows let me tell you yeah she's great she's badass at everything she yeah. and she's like she's like six foot i think i think she's tall. oh so yeah, she's probably around the same she's, height as me she's, she's a lot taller smaller. than matt she towers over Matt. Yeah, she'll hit you with that question mark kick. But anyway. <laughs> so okay. So let's keep it moving then. All okay. right. So okay. So yeah, you grew up boxing everything with your dad yeah. and all that stuff, and you loved all that. I do have here to ask you about the George Foreman story. Yeah. Okay. So l- let me talk a little bit. He would take me once every couple months, and with a bunch of guys, we go to the spectrum and i saw gypsy joe harris gypsy joe now this is back in the day had a glass eye and they let him fight and he had rainbow (laughs) shorts i'll never forget he had these rainbow color shorts and you talk about entertainment man he danced around that ring i mean he roped the dope he did it all you know what was Uh, his name gypsy Gypsy joe joe harris yeah okay one of the legends in philly and then mm-hmm. Benny Briscoe, I saw a Benny lot. Briscoe was a bad dude. Bad. And there was little, they were little guys, man. Emil Griffith, I saw. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll never forget. Dude. I don't know who the headliner was, but George Foreman was not the headliner. And he had his afro and his mustache. I had no idea who it was, but they took his opponent out on a stretcher. <laughs> and the announcer <laughs> swear. And the announcer said, people think I make this up. I, I can't. And the announcer said that was George Foreman who, who won the fight, you know? And I never forgot his name. And then like four or five years later or whatever, you know, he came into prominence, came yeah. out to be. So this is when he was like just fighting anybody and for the food you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the meals. So he, yeah. Dude, he, I'll tell you, man. I mean, I, you know, I could talk about George Foreman forever, but that guy is, he was pretty fucking good. Uh, He was, he was amazing. And then I missed, I was a guest on a talk show on RCN up uh in Somerville, New Jersey. I get there and it's Rick Allen, his show. And he said, Jerry Clooney just left. And I'm here, uh, Jerry Cooney. I'm sorry. Gentlemen. Yeah. Gentlemen, Jerry Cooney. I'm here. You kind of Ken Norton lost to Larry Holmes. Yeah. Right. Right. I said, do you know how much I love boxing? Why didn't you tell me? He said, well, he was here promoting fist his organization for retired boxers. So I missed him by like five minutes, you know? So I, I I would have missed my show and just hung out with him, you know? So yeah. (laughs) He's got to have crazy stories too. He was living living the life. So, Okay. So and then also you you uh, you were at uh, Ali Frazier one. Is that I, right? I, I was. Uh, we went to Madison Square, wow. and I re- I remember going up escalators, and you would go up an escalator, get off, walk a little bit, get on another one, and we did no exaggeration, maybe twenty of those because Jesus. we were in the yeah we were I, and it's got to still be there. I haven't been back, and we were in the nosebleed. So I looked down. And I just saw two dots. That's yeah. all I could see, yeah. you know. But I remember going up and the security guards would stand on the side. And he says to my father, he said, how old is he? And my father said, 21. He said, cool. 
<laughs> because it had to be a certain age, I think, you know? How old were you? Ten, maybe? I don't know. What was the, <laughs> what was the first fight, you know? Yeah. I was a little kid. But my father did go back with my brother later to see another one in Madison with uh, Ollie. And he said they got like, I don't know, sixth, seventh row. I don't know how much they paid. And he said they sat right next to Elton John. Oh, so, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I missed yeah. out on that one. Dude, so, I'll, anyway. what, what was so that legit? Okay, for those of you who don't know the story, I'll sum it real quick. Ali was the champion. He was His title was stripped from him because he didn't want to go into the Vietnam War. After right. that, they then had a tournament. Uh, he, the title was stripped from him. He was suspended from boxing, but he was legit the heavyweight champ, right? And so the title was stripped from him. They then had a tournament. Joe Frazier ends up winning the tournament. Joe Frazier is considered like the blue collar working man's champion. Ali was this brash, loud mouth. You know, he was very political minded talking champion. Right. So his suspensions lifts. Ali has a couple fights. He's still he's still game. And he's saying he never lost the title. Then Frazier has the title. So then it was two worlds collide was Ali Frazier one. And it split the room. Because it was, you know, uh, politically minded and, you know, mm-hmm. fighting the man on this side, pretty much like the Democrats. And then the blue collar working, you know, hard, you know, working class, blah, 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 whatever on this side. And they just it was it, it, honestly the biggest ticket you could ever get until yeah. the rumble and the jump or but until uh for or ali foreman but well, we, we talk uh, about we talk about rounds how about that 15th round where frazier wouldn't come out ollie stood up and just laid on the yeah. canvas yeah and, and they always said who who knows you know but yeah. that shows how difficult it was man when ollie's also totally 15, 15 15 rounds 15. is a motherfucker yeah 12 yeah. rounds they only do 12 now Right. I would love 15 just because like they used to call the, the, uh, I think they used rounds 13, 14, 15 were called the championship rounds yeah. because that's where the fight was won. Like, could you imagine fucking duh 45 <laughs> minutes? Like by round 15, it's 45 minutes. You've been fighting someone yeah. with you're one cr- minute breaks in between you're cooked. Your you know? cardio, <laughs> your cardio has to be it's so through the roof, man. It's crazy because too. that's what's carrying yeah. the car- is cardio, you know. Also, crazy yeah, thing. Moving. Oh, never. The crazy thing too is that they fought Joe. Joe uh, Frazier was like two hundred and twelve pounds. Ali was like two twenty, something like that. So they weren't like these big monster guys, you know, like they are now. Like Klitschko's legit six eight. So, yeah, right, uh, right. okay, let's keep it moving. We talked okay. too much Baxin. Jana's done with it. So, all right, you graduate high school yeah. and everything like that. And like yeah. you said, uh, you uh, you would work at a funeral home and stuff like that. But yeah. also, you had started playing guitar at 12, right? Yeah, I did. Okay, so you're playing guitar and, you, you know, you're working at the funeral home. And then how is that going? Like, what were you trying to, you're, are you going to college or what are you doing there? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to box college, which I still maintain is like a better education than Harvard Bucks County community college. Oh, most, most community college. Honestly, right. man, it was awesome. And then I went and ended up going to temple, but, um, I got Shout my, out. I got my ass kicked as a guitar player and it was the best thing for me because I had a lot of bitterness, a lot of hatred. And I had guys that just kicked my ass and they were great. They were older than me, some of them. I'd be in bands with them. 
And that's how you learn, man. Yeah. And so, you know, it was a real deal. So out of high school, I was working for the funeral home, but I also was in bands and I'd play on the weekends. And then I ended up getting in a band where we did after hours clubs. So we played a place called Club Demi, which was in Pendell, Flowers Mill Road, Route okay. 1, Oxford Valley, right? Okay. First time I went there, I had a bass player. We had an agent, Joe Butler from Philly. And he was a Philadelphia cop. And he had that long black leather jacket, this hair like you do slip back, but uh -huh. five times the grease on it, you know? Sure. So we get to Club Demi and we have Groove, his name, his real name is Groove Maddox. Groove Maddox. And he's like 20 Incredible. years old. Incredible. Incredible. From West Philly. And yeah. we, were all, we were all Justin, right. your long lost dad. <laughs> no, it was mine. He was so anyway. We get there and we have this like promo shot. And it's like it's like midnight. And we're dressed up. And this is in the 70s. So it's disco era. And we have like tinfoil on us and jumpsuits. And we look ridiculous, man. You could take our shirts and cook a turkey in them, right? Oh, so wow. anyway, Joe Butler goes up, he comes back down, and it's called Club Demi because it was a Democratic. And I'm not political. I'm like the least political person. Same. And he says, you guys can't play here tonight or at all. We said, why? They said, you have a black guy in your band. It's a private club. You can't play. And I looked at Groove. I just said, dude, I'm so sorry. Groove had just come off the road. If you ever heard of Nina Simone? Yeah. Yeah, he was with Nina Simone, her bass player. So he was like the heavyweight. We were doing like Rick James and, you know, all the Hall Like, you know, covers and stuff? All covers, all covers. Yeah. So I ended up going back a year later with Joe Stafiri. You think the Democrat would be all right with a black guy playing? Yeah. I don't know, strange. man. I don't know. So um, Groove so, Maddox. Groove oh. Maddox. He's got to be dead today. God, you know? the best yeah. name, though. I know. I really I think. The black guy was Groove. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? He came down to our level because we're a bunch of white guys. We had rhythm. But not like him. Total yeah. worlds. Apart, I mean, if you your know? name's Groove, you have all the rhythm yeah. in the world. Yeah. I really think that's on his birth certificate. I really do. You know? <laughs> so uh, I went back Groove. like a year later, another group, all white group. I played five, six nights a week from like 120 to five in the morning. Dang. And it was it was three bars and it was packed. It was packed. Like, I don't know what the capacity was, like 250 people. A lot of bartenders, a lot of prostitutes, all people of the night. And yeah. it, and uh, we just rocked the place. It was great, you know? So, yeah, yeah. But uh, so I played, I, I kicked around with the guitar, played a lot, um, uh, did that for years. And then one night, uh, and and then I got a job as a real estate appraiser. I was working in Jenkintown, which I love. Okay. I love appraising real estate. And I heard of a jazz jam session at, at a church. So I was really into jazz. You know, okay. if you, let me tell you something. If you are any type of a musician, like you either go, if you're into rock, then you go into like really speed metal or stuff that's really difficult to play. Or you get out of rock and you go into jazz because that's where if you want to challenge yourself. So I go to a jazz jam session. It's a bunch of horn players. I'm the only guitar player. We did a song called Satin Doll. I smoked it. The girl came up to me afterwards and she said, would you like to be on a TV show? And this is Whoa. back in the day. Yeah, back in the day of Suburban Cable before Comcast. 
So I said, yeah, what's this show? She said, it's nothing really. I said, I love that. Wait, 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 wait. The show was called Nothing Really? Yes. And he had, <laughs> and I'll tell you who his musician was. His musician was Bill Bloom. Bill Bloom wrote the theme, that King Masabi song that's on commercials. Jump on it. Jump on it. Oh, oh yeah. He, yeah. He's from Bucks County. He would stand there in front of a curtain and play keyboards, right? Wow. Yeah. So he got tired of it. He quit. So this girl sax player, Roseanne, said, would you want to be in a band? I said, yeah, the next Saturday I'm in this band and we had like one rehearsal, maybe. I, I don't even know. And we played and we're live on TV and they filmed it and it would air once a month. And he it was a talk show. So he'd have people like yourself, local people. And it was really entertaining, very mm -hmm. entertaining. And then like nine months later, I said, you know what? I don't care. I don't care about being on TV. I never did. I never chased it. It chased me. It really, I could care less about that. So I quit. So a lady from the TV station, Millie Murden from Happero. Absolutely. You know, she, you know she's You old, just right? crush it with the <laughs> names. Well, you know what? We go to Fanny Chapman Pool. Built in 1929, I saw in Doylestown. Fanny, Millie, Bertha. They were popular names back then, man. So anyway, Millie, Millie calls me and says, would you like your own show? And she said, teaching guitar. I said, that's really cool. And this suburban cable has a multi-million dollar studio, green room, professional camera people that went to college for it. They paid them. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to waste this opportunity. I'm going to start bringing people on. If I sit and teach guitar, it's a, it, 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 you're going to fall asleep. It's a sore fest. Yeah. So I was just up in New York and I saw Bucky Pizzarelli. There's an old name. But Bucky Pizzarelli, big, big name, was Rosemary Clooney's guitar player. Did all the records back in the day, you know, really big name. So anyway, saw him in New York in the village and I had come home and I thought, man, if I can get people like Bucky and other people. So I started the show. We did three shows once a month, uh, taped three shows a day. And uh, I brought on Ed Goringer, who is a terrific jazz guitar player, Audric Jan Kaskis, killer fusion player, and Richard Druding, killer uh, finger stylist. Three different shows. Same. Did that. He came down, Jim Bunn, the head of the studio, and said, Bob, we're going to air you five days a week. I know it sounds, you know. So I said, you gotta be, I said, That's you got to awesome. be. Yeah, I said, you got to be kidding me because, you know, it's, it's a guitar show. But Jim yeah. loved the guitar. So what I did, I started to go to guitar shows up in Dix Hills, Melville, all Long Island, and gave my card out. And then a guy knew Les Paul. Do you know Les Paul? You know, I know who he yes. is? I know the name, yeah. Yeah, he had a TV show in the 50s and 60s uh, that was like, you know, big show. He uh, invented the guitar. True genius. Well, hey, he invented the guitar. Yeah, he invented the guitar. I would tell my students, they come in with Les Paul. So I, I would say, do you know who that is? No. Is that a person? I said, yeah, that's a real man, you know? So a guy knew him, would drive him from Mawa into the Iridium every Monday night and said, look, I'll give you an introduction to him. Maybe he'll do your show. I doubt it. 
He's never done one show outside of PBS. So I go up, I'm in the Iridium before it even opens. He let me in, I'm sitting there. Tommy Doyle comes out and says, Les wants to see you. I told Les what a great guitar player you are. He said, if he's that good, bring him in slowly. So I was with, at the time, my wife, who was my fiance at the time. So we go in and we're talking. And the first person I see backstage, they're eating, is Andy Summers from the police. And you know him right away. You walk in and there's Andy. And Andy, if he says two words the whole night, that's too much, right? And then Lou Palo was Les's right-hand man. So he, Les had blue humor, like always dirty humor on stage, really funny guy. But he took a liking to Janet. And I figured uh, this, this isn't going to happen, man. This is not yeah, going to yeah. happen. So after 10 minutes, I turn around, I'm walking out and he stops me and he says, Bob, he said, you have digital cameras. I said, I got the best, the very best. He said, I'll see you here next Monday at like before the show, like at three o'clock. I said, really? So I said, OK. Now I had to talk Suburban Cable into going up to film oh. Les Paul. Yeah. So I called Jim Bunn. Jim but said, it's like, that's a pretty good guess. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So Jim said, yeah, absolutely. So they had a van. Right. He brought a bunch of people. I get up there next week with Janet. We get there early. They're all set up to go. And Les is up there rehearsing with the band. He's yelling at the camera crew to keep it down because they're kind of loud, right? Yeah, yeah. So I do a show with him. We do, we, we, we must have, every show I did was usually like an hour, but it cut down to a half hour, right? Okay. And so I did that and I could not believe it. I Like right off the bat, I got the biggest fish in the world mm-hmm. to do my show right off the bat. Right off wow. the bat, great production, little dark. They were light on the lights, but sure. they did a great, great show. And you can see like five minutes and people ask me like on YouTube, why do you have five minutes? Because I did everything for mind television. They would only take five minute spots and she aired my show and it went like down by the shore all over and they're still on mind television. So I would cut them down to five minutes and give them to mind and then throw them up on YouTube. But I've got, you know, hundreds of shows, half hour episodes and so forth. So anyway, I had, and then after that, I went up to New York to guitar shows on the weekend. I spend the whole weekend in a hotel. I go to the show. I meet all these celebrity guitar players. I told them I had Les Paul on. They said, as soon as you say that though, it's like, yeah, they're oh, like, yeah. Fucking yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. And you know what made him so so great? He was a regular dude. He had like no attitude, nothing. And every time I went up there, he treated me like I was a celebrity. Like I'd walk in, wouldn't even say anything. Tommy Doyle would see me five minutes later. Come on back, you're gonna hang backstage tonight. Every time it was incredible, you know. It was so cool. That's good to hear that like someone that's on top of the world like that can still be down to earth. Oh my god. What an inspiration because I met some real a-holes. Let me tell you, you know. So (laughs) oh yeah, yeah. Real quick, I want to get into that in a little bit, but right now we gotta do our new segment. It's the Jana Cute Questions Corner segment with Jana oh, Hilo, the hot stopper. Hot stopper. Uh, heart, heart stopper. Damn it. But either way, uh, either Jana, way. heart cool. stopper, heartbreaker Hilo. 
is here and she's going to have some cute questions for you. Bob, Jana, okay. take it away. Bob, do you like boxers or briefs? Uh, that is so funny, man. I actually wear both. I wear boxers to bed because I can sleep oh, in okay. boxers, but mm -hmm. I wear briefs. I get them at the gap because they're the best quality. They fit the best, you know? And they hold a lot. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. He is so no wonder that boys. gym teacher was keeping you around all those years. I saw Ricky Jervis, what you know from the Ricky, Ricky Gervais. Yeah, right, right. And he said everyone's having plastic surgery. He just had his second penal reduction. It's <laughs> 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 really, you know, really funny. So yeah. anyway, yeah. Uh, but I had to get I had to get height reduction surgery because you were so tall. He was so tall. So tall. He was like too tall. I'm five eleven. I'm five eleven. It's really tall. So, so, so humble so of you to only be five eleven. Boxers at night. I got them behind me. I can pull them out. That's no, all right. And, and, yeah, oh, we're good with that. Uh, okay. So what is what is Janet like? What is Janet like better? Your boxers Nothing. or your briefs? Oh. <laughs> Look at you. Way to go, yeah, Bob. Hey. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Uh, stay seated right now. Stay seated. Okay. okay. All right. So who was your celebrity crush, Bob? Uh, Pam Dauber. And I actually believe this wrote a song. And I had the address book and sent it to Pam Dauber. I had her address, her, like her publicist. And I have a letter back from her publicist. Say, I'm serious. I swear to God. I have all this. And she said Pam would listen to it. It wasn't, it was an album. It was a seat it, on a cassette. And she said she would listen to it in her car. And then she wrote me, not Pam, oh her publicist. Gosh. I honest to God. Well, you know what? If you, whoever you want on your show, you can get them. You can get anybody you want mm. if you believe in it enough. So anyway, she said, I've, Did you I've know been trying, brother. Trust uh, me. You know Rogan you won't them? return my call. No, you know, you know haven't tried. Them? Okay. Okay. I don't yeah, know who this woman is that was your so uh, is it uh, Mindy Pam from Mork, Mork and Mindy? Mindy? Yeah. Mork okay. and Mindy, the cute one, not uh, the hairy one. Yeah, Mork and uh, Mindy. No, yeah. Not like Robin hair. Williams. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I love Robin Williams. <laughs> I did too, man. He was awesome. He was the a best. genius, man. He was a genius. And she's yeah. married to Mark Harmon. Uh, yeah, she is. You're right. You're right. Okay. That lucky dude. Yeah, I'm sure she still looks great. So anyway, oh, yeah, yeah, she's all right. That was it. Yeah, yeah. So How that was now? my crush. Yeah, what about now? Today? Who just left well, crush now? I, I like I like Marissa Tomei. Oh, Marissa you know Tomei. You know Dude, what? You just local, got another one of Justin's right. There you local, go. Local, I think Kate Bilo is like the cutest dog. Um, Bob, are we best fucking friends? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Fist up. Fist up. Dude, where's the camera? Fist oh my God. Let me tell you. Bro, like, she, she came on like, CBS in like 2009. Yeah. I was bored getting up in the. I was like, I like this, bro. Then she, she got pregnant. Is, yeah. Oh, did she? And then she kept know. his dick oh, Wow. Kate oh, Milo? Yes. Yeah. She's from another world. Shout another out. planet. She's got Kate the NASA. Milo. Cheeks, you know. We got to get her on here. Me and Bob have a similar taste in weather women. Yeah, Ugh. me too, man. Me too. Yeah, Dude. dark, dark. Weather, I still love weather you. women are the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they uh got I can those go weather on. balloons, am I right? Hey, oh, hey, oh. Yeah. Well, it looks Cicely, like sunshine tomorrow. Let me tell you, man, Cameron Rogers and Cicely Tynan are nothing to sneeze.
Cecilia Tynan has been man. putting in that work for years. And what about Karen yeah. Hep? I don't know her. Okay, I don't even take Sue No. But you know who I got? I got to share a stage with for many years. I, love this area. I got. Do you remember Jane Velez Mitchell? She was. She started here, and then she was on CNN with Glenn Beck, seven o'clock every night. Beautiful. I mean, look her up, man. Just she started like on Channel Six or something for years in the eighties. Do you know and, what they're doing at Telemundo with Weather Women? You know. <laughs> uh, you're gonna have to look it up in your own. You're gonna have to look it up in your own time. Oh, baby, whole, baby, baby, baby. Really? Oh, yeah. oh. really? Well, they're Latin. Come on, you can't Dude, go wrong. They, go they, wrong. they have. They're doing stuff right. The weather's the same every day. They're just there for show. <laughs> Well, is it like naked? It's the news? equator. The no. equator. The opposite. <laughs> the opposite. Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, Kate Bilo. Yeah. I don't know if she watches. Yeah. Fan of the show. Fan of the show. Listen to the is show. She has- cool. Yeah, she okay. Loves it. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. Nice. She should. Okay. Uh, yeah. What's your I mean, sign, Bob? What's your sign? I'm Aquarius. February. Yeah. February yeah. what? 16th. 16th. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. i don't know (laughs) yeah too much (laughs) so bob um what's your toxic trait like my toxic trait is switching the numbers around in the miles per hour so if it's 25 i just do 52 i love it (laughs) okay okay uh talking too much for one picking Mm. my nose picking my nose (laughs) (laughs) seriously not eating it oh sheena parveen (laughs) We forgot about Sheena. Oh, Sheena. She's a throbber. In jujitsu, in jujitsu, I was known as a guy who farted all the time. Like like my partner, Matal, would like bring attention to it. Like Matal's like the greatest guy in the world, but he would stand up and go, oh my God. Like, and they were loud and like people would be rolling next to me, like look over. Like, here's the old guy farting. You know, you know what a dog farts smells like? Like, uh, it's not human. Uh, well, when you get old, anyway, too much info. <laughs> yes. what, 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 it's no uh, secret. It's God, no secret. I don't even know if I should tell this story, but one time I was like, like sometimes after boxing, I would lift and like the where the weights are, it's right next to the mat where everyone's rolling for jujitsu. Yeah. And one time I'm doing like clean jerk and press, right? And so I have yeah, the bar are. and I do like a clean and I go right here and I go like to catch it and go up. And I went, <laughs> as soon as I went down, it went like, <laughs> and, right. and I was like, oh, fuck. And I dropped the weight. And everyone was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It was so, that's everyone, right. I was like, oh, God damn it. And then I had to keep no, lifted. No, I was there and everyone looked at me. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Sure. But, yeah, they uh, thought it was you, Bob. But where yeah. it's really bad is when you're with a girl and you're rolling and then you fart. That's where it takes the cake. Maybe. I mean, that's embarrassing, you know. You know so it's not like there's not like it's we're you know not like we're rolling with uh you know Miss Universe over there, but you know. Well, sometimes saying? you are. Some of the girls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> guys, I'm departed right now. But uh, okay. <laughs> that's not true, Janet, because women don't do that. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, they I do. only do it in the soundproof booth. Don't do yeah. the smell, Yustio. Yeah, you heard that joke about right about what it's new jersey it's uh-huh. the only state when you're in a car with people and you fart you roll the windows up 
That's so rude. That's so true. And I true. love how PA people just shit all over Jersey. Dude, Egg Harbor, <laughs> since I was Egg like Harbor. six years old, sounds oh, like the yeah. smelliest place in the world. Egg but Harbor. That's where my yeah. grandmother yeah. lived. You know, I smell like it. Egg Harbor. Eggs Remember in the Harbor? The champagne bottle they had? <laughs> Do they still have that when you drive by? There was this enormous champagne bottle. And then there was Ideal. That. The commercial swing on down to ideal. They were outside of Egg Harbor. They were always on oh, the radio. Remember that? I'm too old. I'm old, man. I'm a fossil. I'll tell you. I was in Atlantic City the other day, and it was so windy, like dangerously windy, that like two sailors got blown right under the boardwalk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> All right. Let's yeah, uh Janet it. keep it moving. Yeah. Um next question. Bobby, what's your favorite thing about Janet? Whoa! Her looks. Her looks. I have to tell you, she that's why Les Paul liked her. Extremely uh, Italian, like Marissa Tomei at that level. Oh, so no. I'm lucky. I can't believe she married me. I really yeah. can't. We're all I can't believe it. what the hell she was thinking. Yeah, really, man. She, <laughs> I think she, on crack, cocaine, and drunk. You know, yeah. me and Bob <laughs> still is. Yeah, best friends. I got myself yeah. an Italian broad downstairs. I have no idea why she's here right now. <laughs> yeah, you oh, wonder. Yeah, right, everyone's wondering that. She's, she's literally making really? sausage and peppers right now. I can smell it throughout the house. <laughs> I know. I, don't even know, what's I, know. I haven't cooked for myself in years. Is her, hey, listen, is her mother alive? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Then you're even lucky. better. <laughs> then you are lucky, my friend. <laughs> Mine was right off the boat. My mother in law, she died. I loved her. Right, Pergola was her name. Right off the boat, man. Spoke Italian the whole bit, you know. Her first but, name uh, was Pergola. No, oh, no, oh. O- Olga. They named Olga. her after a Russian dancer. I'm serious. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, hundred percent Italian. I had a teacher though. named Olga. Yeah, second grade teacher. Olga. Right. Harry legs. Her last name. Harry legs. <laughs> oh, I know. Olga Sokovich. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's why I couldn't remember it. <laughs> all right uh janine what else you got i'm good bob oh. you okay. win. all uh, right i don't know man. awesome well that was okay. another uh rousing uh janet cute questions corner segment love it Thank all you. right very nice good job all right so let's keep it moving so uh one thing we did want to talk about this and you're not like grandstanding or anything and i think we all kind of want to hear it because of like your show and you know just you know being in the business for so long You've come across some crazy MRFers, and there's a couple of them that, you know, I know Justin's really excited to hear about Jackie Martling. Because he loved to hear about the fifth yeah. needle. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going, I'm going to, <laughs> I, I went to do the show first, and now I'm going to text him. I can't copy you on the text, but I'll send it to you. And oh. he'll do, I know he'll do the show, man. He's no, a down no, you, dude. dude, you don't, oh, it's, I, I, mean, I don't want to put you in a position. No, it's you're okay. not. You're not. He's a regular dude. You know, I mean, he's, yeah, I, and he's you know a legit ledge. Like well, that is, he I'll, is. Justin will I, piss himself if he comes on. Can I tell you this story? It's a long story, but no, I, no, let okay. us come on. Do so thing. I used to go like I don't know every couple months to see Les, and like I said, I always went backstage. There was always somebody, and backstage there was like ten of us, and Jackie was there. So Lou Palo grabs me and says, "Jackie, you two have to know each other. Bob has a TV show." I said, "Yeah, I know who you are, Jackie." So we were trading jokes and we were trading really 
foul jokes. And yeah. to top him on a joke, you can't. Yeah. I did get one joke you never heard of, right? I said, you know, uh, I, I know a musician. He did a CD. It was a million seller. He said, really? I said, yeah, he's got a million in his cellar. <laughs> so, like, he never sold any. Zach, he said, I never heard that, man. I have to give you a T-shirt. So, anyway, he, he said... I'll, he said, I'll do your show. So he comes down. I put him up. I usually don't put people up at a hotel, but I put him up at a hotel sure. outside, of, outside of New Hope. Yeah. So he shows up and we're filming at Middle Bucks Institute of Technology, which is a multi-million dollar recording studio, television studio. They did Comcast Newsmakers there as well. So you know the quality. So anyway, Jackie comes in and he gets out of his car. He's got all this stuff. He opens his trunk. Stuff's falling out his arms. And I'm picking it up. He's trying to button his shirt. His shirt like is like half on. And he said, look, Bob, ask me anything. I don't care. Ask me anything. I So he comes on. And the first thing he says, he sits down and he says, man, this is like a cult in here. Nobody's talking. And they all got the same colored shirts on. And oh, it no. was, it, it was like the Moonies, <laughs> you know? So, so right off the bat, like he like puts people on the edge of it. So yeah, yeah. they check our mics and it's very professional. And we, we do the show and he talks about Rodney Dangerfield. And you can see this on, it's on YouTube. And by the way, it's the first day they had a camera jib and they did not know how to work it. And they're sending this, a jib is something that goes up mm -hmm. and holds a camera on the end so you can get close up like an eyeball, you know, yeah. and had it anchored and it's shaking. So when you, I couldn't tell. So when you watch the show, it looks like you're on a ship because it's this jib shaking, you know? Uh, so yeah, they should have caught that. And yeah. so anyway, Jackie tells one about Rodney Dangerfield because he worked with Rodney and Rodney had this joke about a two bagger. The girl was so ugly. You had to put two bags on. <laughs> so we did the show and we did like two shows and we did two half hour shows live to tape. And so like the guy forgets my editor gives them to me like a week later. And they're editing. And then he calls me later and says, I can't release these shows to you. I said, why? I'm paying for them. And it was like $175 to do a show. And I said, why? He's Kathy, who still runs the school, saw the show and was offended by the joke, the two-bagger oh, joke. God, Kathy. I said, Come but it's, it's like, yeah, really, really. And so, and so I called Jackie. He was in Florida. And he said, Bob, he said, I made that for middle class america man that was as clean as it could get yeah and i said and i said well listen man and i had forgotten i had the dvds so i said i'm gonna work work and try to get your show and then i said wait a second man after i hung up like a couple of days later it hit me i own this i own the show i didn't need them they had everything on mini dv technology so i didn't need them so i had the show so anyway, I called Jackie, said, you're good to go. The show's going to air. So he said, great. So anyway, Jackie gets done the show. And do you know what B-roll is? B-footage? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So they wanted B-footage. So he gives the guy a VCH tip, tape. And this goes back maybe 20 years ago, right? Or 15, I don't know. So he gives him a VHS tape. And it's of Jackie, maybe, I think it was a show, The Aristocrats, the movie yeah. he was in. So he yeah. gives him that and there's no tape in it. There's pot 
there's like a <laughs> ounce, I'm guessing like an ounce of pot, right? I don't yeah. know how much, but it filled the whole thing. Yeah. So I get a call the next day. I'm I'm at work. I remember walking out to lunch and it's Jackie. I pick up the phone. He, he calls me Bobby. He says, Bobby, listen, man, I need you to do me a favor. I said, what? He said, I left a tape. I don't know if I left it at the show the night before, if I gave it to a fan or I left it at your show, but I left all this pot in a VHS tape. I said, Jackie, I don't know. No one, you know, I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I'll let you know. So he said, okay, let me know. So like, an hour or two later, I get a call from the school and it's the producer, Chris, the teacher. And he says, we have a situation. I said, what's the situation? He said, the student pulled out all this pot from a VHS cover figures, Jackie Martin. Right, right, yeah. He said, Bob, he said, we bring in guard dogs. They bring in guard dogs here, uh, you know, sniffing dogs mm-hmm. once a month in the school. He said, I could have been fired. You could have lost your show. We could have been arrested on top of it. And we took it and we threw it out in the dumpster. I don't know what they did with it, but I have to believe them. So now I know the truth. (laughs) So, so Jackie calls me and I had to lie to him. Like a couple of days later, I lied to him. I said, Jackie, I don't know. I really don't know. He's like really bummed out. He can't find it. I couldn't tell him because he's the type to call the school and want it back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, give so, me back my pot, you bastards. Right, this is right. Richard Nixon. So like a year later, I established a friendship with him. Like a year later, I'm up in his living room. He lives in Bell, Bell, is Bell Harbor, uh, Long Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So beautiful home on Quincy Drive. So anyway, and I'm sitting in his living room and I said, Jackie, I have a confession. I said, you left all that pot, pot at the school. I swear to God, I never smoked it. I never saw it. They threw it out and that was it. I don't know if he believed me or not, but that's that's my experience with Jackie. <laughs> and then I was filming for the USKA, which is the fight uh fights up in, uh, yeah. yeah, up in Allentown. And so I was filming for them and I had a, the idea to bring Jackie in to do bumpers. So I went back up to Jackie's. And he did all these bumpers. And here's one of the bumpers he did. And you tell me what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. What's it look like I'm saying? Fuck you. Yeah. Vacuum. Vacuum. And that's it. (laughs) So that's the type of stuff he did. So anyway, I put all the B footage in, gave it to the USKA. And Irv calls me and says, the fighters are upset. I said, why? He said, they felt like Jackie was demeaning the show i mean man those guys have to get a grip Mm -hmm. like they're taking themselves way too seriously he's not putting them down he's like joking you know and to be honest i don't know if they knew who he was because they're young guys like 22 and jackie's like 60 at the time you know yeah so yeah so if they would have said he's you know from stern they would have been like oh my god him right yeah right exactly so but uh yeah, he, did, you know, I got to know him really well. He told me a lot of like things I can't say on yeah. here about, about Stern, you know, yeah. but uh, <laughs> like, uh, but I would love did, to hear that. 
I can tell you, <laughs> dude. He turned down so much fucking money. Yo. He did. He did. So man. he's Pete. He's Pete Best. Like it's it's a tough yeah, conversation to have with somebody, especially he's a guy. I don't know him. I'm sure he's. Yeah. A, I know he's hilarious. He's a like, great guy. He's it's a great one guy. of those stories that like you had it and you let it go because you thought you could do better. And yes, it, and it he turns just, out. <laughs> and I'm gonna punch up scripts. <laughs> yeah, and he just missed Paul McCartney too. I mean, he missed all these major people, but his his uh, rub was that he would come in at three in the morning from a club to make a living, go to the Stern show like a four. He had like an hour of sleep. They were making like tons of money. He yeah. was writing all the scripts. He wrote the part. He wrote Howard Stern. He handed Howard. Um, it wasn't it was. uh Something of all uh, of King of Media. He wrote King, yeah, of, King Media. of All Media. Yeah. No, Howard wrote all. He put the word all in. He said that's uh. what a genius Howard was. He wrote King of All Media, but Jackie wrote King of Media. Uh. Howard wrote, and Howard wrote it and took it and ran with it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But Jackie said he said I was a spice on the show. And I said no, man. That show wasn't the same when you left. You know, yeah, it was the same. Like they got Artie to kind of fill that void that Jackie right. left, and Artie yeah. did a great job. Yeah, but he wasn't Jackie, man. No, Jackie. Jackie was just silly, and he and Jackie used to go around to the, all his joke shows, and that's what he would do. He would say, "Tell me a joke that I've never heard," because he could right. the punchline to any joke. Yeah, he he has that memory, you know. Yeah. And he, he told every old me, dirty dumb joke in his head. He said, "Bob, I mailed him a cassette tape, never expecting to hear anything." He said. And he picked me up. He liked it and invited me on the show. And he started the relationship. He said, but what people don't know are the 200 cassette tapes I mailed to other people that never even responded. And he said that one tape went to Howard and he got picked up. And that's where his career took off from wow. Howard. But, but I'll tell you this. I can say this. Him and Robin Quivers were like fire and ice, man. They were like fire. Really? I know Robin. Yeah, oh, I they didn't know. like each other? No. Funny story. It was in the winter. It was really after a snowstorm. I'm up at Jackie's. I come home and my wife's watching. Um, who's that gay guy who owns like uh, Bravo? He has Andy lot. Cohen. Andy oh, Cohen. Andy. And he yeah. has Robin Quivers yeah. on. It's on and downstairs. He, and he says to Robin, he says, who did you like to see leave? And who did you hate to see leave? And she said, I hated to see Billy West leave. And I love to have seen Jackie Martling leave. And I had just come home from Jackie's and she told me that. I'm sorry wow. I missed it, you know? And, that, and that's, they were fire and ice. Yeah, yeah. Man, so, I wonder yeah. why. Huh. Um, Do you think it was like competing for Howard's like attention at times too? Like, I don't I, know. I, I honestly think Jackie is in a league of his own. Robin's great, but Robin's like the straight, person like she laughs really well but jackie contributed a lot to that show and that may have threatened her i don't know i have no idea so what so fun fact about chevy chase we have the same birthday Ooh. oh you do i i have a chevy chase story too man i can go on chevy on. yeah and that was my only one uh, okay so <laughs> i i played in new york for years i would play at peter max's d Rex, the artist beatles artist Yellow Submarine, um, the Coke, the 7-Up bottle with the bubbles coming out, the commercial. Yeah. He did like Continental Airline. He did a ship. 
he's like the number one Janis Joplin's buggy it worth like 500 million right so yeah i play all all peter's parties and uh it was like on the west side and they had party and when you were there playing everybody was there i mean the bass player would say who is that i would say i don't know but i've seen them like on a soap opera you know yeah. at robin quivers i got to know her from there she would show up all the time Morgan Spurlock from Super Size Me was there. Moby was there all the time. Um, it just went on and on. So anyway, Janie Mitchell, uh, Janie Mitchell, Janie uh, Chase is Chevy's wife, was on the board of a foundation that Mary Max, Peter's wife, was on. So she would show up. And one night I'm playing and the bass player said, look, Chevy Chase just walked in. And you can't miss him. He had gray hair, the big dimple, you know, yeah. and he's yeah. tall. He's yeah. tall. He's like, like yeah. as tall he's as like me? six, four. No, uh, he's like, he's, he's like a little six, taller than me. I'm five eleven. Not, not, not by much. But anyway, <laughs> so I knew he was going to come over because we're playing. I'm with some real heavyweights, man. I, like Chuggy Carter is a uh, he was with everybody like on Congas. I have some great players. And Chevy comes over and he's like bored. And he sits down at a love seat right in front of us. This red love seat. Next to that is a piano that Ringo Starr gave to Peter Max because he was a Beatles artist. And it had this star. I thought it was a Jewish star, you know? And I found out later Ringo had given him the piano and that was his signature. Yeah. So anyway, I get done playing and we're doing jazz. And I knew Chevy loved jazz. So I get off the set i walk over he's like right in front of me he's sitting there i said chevy i think we know the same person and he said who i said arlen raw arlen was a celebrity guitar player with uh simon and garfunkel very wealthy guitar okay. player lived yeah. next to chevy okay. and he said oh yeah i know sit down sit down so i'm sitting with chevy and chevy uh uh somebody walks by and says you know chevy you look familiar and he says I feel for feel familiar. I mean, just had that type of mind, you know. So we yeah, start talking. He really does. He does. So we start talking. I'm looking up to him. I'm like on his left. I'm looking up the whole time, and I'm here. I'm really with Chevy Chase, and he's talking about Johnny Carson. He's yeah. talking about Buddy Rich. He's yeah. talking about he played with Steely Dan at one time drums. He's talking about himself the whole time. Sure. So he says, "What's your name?" <laughs> I said, Bob Miles. And he says, I know you. And I'm like, immediately. No, you don't. Like, you don't know me. And he said, yeah, I read your columns. I'm here. Oh, my God. I forgot. At the time, I wrote for Just Jazz Guitar or Jazz Improv Magazine. Jazz so cool. Improv went to all the Barnes and Nobles and all the Borders. It was really a heavy-duty magazine. came with two deep uh, CDs. And it was like for professionals, right? Yeah. And he's, I had a column in there. And whenever it came out, and he knew me, had my picture up in the corner. Yeah. And he said, I read columns. I'm here. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable. So he yeah. said, you know, I just put out a jazz piano CD. I said, well, I know you played jazz piano. Would you be a guest? He said, if you come up to Martha's Vineyard, if you can get a camera crew, I'll be on your show. I said, okay, how do we make this happen? He said, well, Alan Icorn is my manager. So I write and I get the number. And so it's the same week 
I had Jackie on my show. So the next week, Jackie calls me and says, you will not believe this. I said, what? He said, I had lunch with Tom Bernard today. Tom Bernard owns, is the CEO of Sony Pictures Classics. Doesn't get any bigger. Yeah. And he said, I was having lunch. And he told me he just did a guitar movie called It Might Get Loud with Jack White, The Edge, and Jimmy Page. And it's hitting all the theaters. And would like to know if you would like to have Davis Guggenheim, the director, it's a documentary film, on my show. Because they want to promote it. They had no TV exposure. They had like, you know, print and stuff. I said, are you kidding me? I said, in a heartbeat. Yeah. So, and you can see this, it's on YouTube. So, so I, man, this is a true story. I'm at my studio. I had put my show into all these outlets that would air my show on their public access. Like I found a website called CATV and it has all the public access outlets in the world. I mean, Russia, it doesn't matter. And so I picked, handpicked LA, Napa Valley, uh, a place in Arizona because Fender was out there. I was an endorser for Mm. Fender. I wanted them to see it. I handpicked like the best places. So I'm waiting on LA. I mailed it out to them and I'm thinking I'll never get into LA. And I call Alan Icorn and Alan picks up the phone. I'm calling him about Chevy Chase. And he said, Bob, I was just about to call you. I'm thinking, wow, this is cool. And he said, yeah, he said, I represent um, what Tom Bernard and Davis Guggenheim about putting Davis Guggenheim on your show. And I said, well, I was calling you. I was going to call you about, uh, or who's calling who? I'm all mixed up. So, uh, so You're calling I'm, him. I, yeah, I'm calling him. I'm about, I said, I was calling you about Chevy Chase. So that never even happened. And we never even talked about that. He said, look, I'm going to try to get the edge, Jimmy Page and Jack White to come to Sony. Can you come up to Sony in New York and film Davis? He's coming in one day and we have other people interviewing him. But first, I want you to come up and see the movie. And they have a studio there. So I went up, saw the movie with like 10 other people, with like probably Rolling Stone magazine, other people. Right. And. And so I leave and I'm, and I'm on cloud nine. So we set a date. I get the date to go up. I take a cameraman and all I could get was a handheld mic. And you can see this on YouTube. I'm like really embarrassed because I'm with Davis Guggenheim. Yeah. He did an inconvenient truth with Al Gore. He did that documentary. Yeah. He's married to Elizabeth Shue from Pureless what? Forrest Bueller's. Oh, yeah, he's, he's married to her. He's married to Elizabeth oh, Shue from yeah. Karate Kid. And I th- I'm pretty sure he's related to Guggenheim. That's how he got all his money to do the documentaries, like the Guggenheim Museum, right? Damn. So, a yeah, really cool guy. So, I went up. I'm the only guy there to interview him for television, right? So, anyway, here's the story. God is my witness. I got my phone from the studio and that's and a cell phone and i'm i'm you know i got too many phones. what year like, is this oh, this goes back 15 years ago maybe whenever okay, the movie so like 2008 ish right? whenever the whenever it might get loud came out right okay so so alan says asked me are you on an la are you in la and i said no i'm not as god is my witness this is how things work for me all the time it was unbreakable <laughs> my phone starts to ring and I'm on with Alan and I let it go. So I hang up with him. 
I pick it up. It's LA 36. And I call them and she says, congratulations. You're the first guy without a residency in LA to ever get on our local channel. And to get on the LA 36, you have to remember, that's where all the celebrities had their kids playing football. So they all watched it, right? Yeah. So I'm like, so I call oh Alan, I, I call Alan Icorn, uh, uh, Icorn or whatever it is back. I'm getting old. I'm getting dementia. So it's anyway, okay. I call him back and I get his secretary and she won't put him on the phone. And I said, just tell him I just hung up with him. Yes, I air in LA. So then after I filmed Davis Guggenheim, then they started to call me and they said, can you do me a favor? We're releasing the movie in select theaters. And one of them is in LA on such and such a date. Can you get your show to air before we have the film released? So I yeah. called LA 36 and said, look, I have a Davis Guggenheim. Can you do that? And I don't even know these people. I used to have to mail DVDs out them to them because they wanted one a week. So, and they said, yeah. So they aired the show. And as God is my witness, Thomas Toll, uh, um, the ant bully he did, he did uh, 10,000 BC, like major producer, right? Mm -hmm. He's a major guitar player. Davis watched my show from his living room with him on it, with him on the show and told me he loved it. And that was unbelievable. That was like, I couldn't believe I'm airing in LA. Tom, Thomas Toll could see my show. Davis Guggenheim watches my show. So, so get this. And you can see this on YouTube. <laughs> Davis asked me, I'm asking him, what's the next documentary you're doing? And he says, I don't know, Bob, what would you do in a documentary? And I said, jazz guitar. I love jazz guitar. He said, okay, Scott is my witness. You remember Tavis Smiley? No. The Tavis Smiley show on PBS? No, he was on for familiar. years. Yeah, he was big on PBS. He got kicked off for the Me Too movement. So anyway, I'm getting dressed like a five in the morning. I know this is going on way too long. This Sorry, interview. keep going. Keep going. I'm, I'm getting dressed and Davis is on in L.A. with Tavis and it's tremendous production. You can watch it, I guess, on YouTube if you want. Yeah. And he says to he says to Davis, what's the next documentary? And Davis said, I might do one on jazz guitar. Oh. And I said, Janet, he stole my line. He stole this little guy from Pennsylvania who's nobody. He stole my line. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Honestly. So, yeah. So that was cool. So, yeah. Dude, yeah. That so, is a trip. So, when, holy anyway, smokes. Anyway, when I'm filming Davis, we get done and we're talking and we're hanging out. And Davis, uh, I told him I knew Les Paul and was friends with him. He said, oh, my God. He said, if you could ever get me an introduction to him, you think these celebrities don't need it? Yeah. I said, yeah. I said, the next you time. You think they all here, have like a Rolodex. They don't. Know? They don't. Yeah. So I said, the next time you're here, call me and I'll take you out to him and we'll go backstage. He said, really? I said, yeah. So I gave him my number. Like, um, I'll tell you when it was a month or two later or six months later. Les Paul dies uh, and it never happened. It was right around that time Les died. Uh, so I'm here. Oh, you had to die uh, on me. 
Yeah, he was like, nah, God dude. damn it, Vlad Paul. <laughs> like, come back from the dead for this one. Yeah, you couldn't have waited a month, you bastard. Right. You bastard. Yeah, so anyway, it never happened. So my best friend is not Davis. <laughs> so, it's all right. Yeah. Your best so. friend is Janet. Mm. So that's my Chevy Chase story and nothing ever <laughs> that died, that died on the vine. But uh, uh, it was really cool how everything kind of meshed together. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, okay. I'll tell you what, Bob. This interview has fucking delivered. This has been <laughs> a blast. But we're coming close to the top of time. Um, but I just want to say, man, usually me and Jan and Justin, were all on the same page with this. Uh, but we would love to have you back on the show. Oh, I'd love to do it. I'd love to do it. Can I finish with one more story? Dude, you can go. Yeah, hit us. Hit us. Well, I had Bernie Marston on the show. Bernie's from White Snake. He wrote the song. Um, uh, You played it all the time, man. It was on when we followed. Here I go again. Here I go again. He wrote that. Right. So anyway, Here I go again. So you figured the 80 rock guys, leather, uh, yeah, spandex, hair. black hair. Yeah, Bernie's comes on, man. He looks like your grandfather's grandfather. <laughs> He's got like a Prince Valiant haircut, all gray, really out of shape. Like you know, pack the pounds on. You'd never know it was him. You would never, yeah. ever, in all your wildest dreams, know it was him. But he loved to talk. It was a, such an easy interview. It was amazing. So anyway, I said, what's a really funny story? He said, well, when we would tour, we'd be in all different countries, all different languages, and we'd go out to a bar to have dinner and drink, and we'd have too many. So whatever hotel we're in or bed and breakfast, I would take a matchbook with me that would have the address of it. Okay. So I would give that to the taxi cab driver. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So that is actually pretty smart. It's yeah. very smart. So and they'd be drunk, you know, and high yeah. and whatever. So taxi comes, he picks them up, he gives them the matchbooks book. Like an hour later, they end up in this industrial park with all these factories and all Ooh. dirt roads and stuff. And he's here, what are we doing? And the taxi cab driver opens the matchbook, points to it, and he points to the address. The matchbook was made at the factory. <laughs> the matches were made. Yeah. And this was in like amazing. Eastern Europe somewhere? Somewhere in the world. <laughs> he takes them to a uh, factory. Yeah. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that funny? Could you imagine it's being amazing. like, like I would be like, what is going Like, where am I being murdered? Like, this is crazy. Also, this is a $400 taxi ride. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, like, but they, they, they can spend that. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah. You know, they, they yeah. have more money than they know what to do with. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I can I can go on. I, I I'm just looking at my notes here, man. So so many stories. I mean, John Oates, Johnny Winter. I, I have so many funny stories. You know, it just I mean, goes on and on. You can throw, we to, have uh, to do a part two. Yeah, yeah Oates went to North Penn, right? Yeah, yeah. John did. Yeah, yeah. he he was what, on three times. Adam, what three what times. do you got? Okay, we'll let do Johnny Oates, and then we'll then we'll go to okay. okay. Yeah, so what do you got for Johnny? Because he's a local guy. Uh, only reason I got Johnny is my friend went to High Point in Chalfont and Johnny's mother worked out there. So if you want somebody, go to their mother. So, or their publicist. Yeah, yeah, or their publicist. So I don't know who called who, but I talked to him that afternoon after his mother grabbed him by the ear and pulled him. So yeah. 
we first did the first interview at the Sellersville and we met with the owner of this William Quigley of the Sellersville. So John booked his show there and we went to the show. It was sold out. And he said, I'm here tonight because I did an interview with Bob Miles. So that was so nice. John did not have to say that, you know? Yeah. So the next show we do at the Man Music Center and it's be- all the dressing rooms are below stage. So he said, do you want to meet Kenny Loggins? This is after we film. I said, absolutely. And Janet's yeah. with me. And it's like three in the afternoon and Kenny's doing a sound check. So we walk up on stage and Kenny's singing, you know, and this security guy comes over and he says, do you have any clearance? Who are you? And I said, I'm just this host. He said, you can't come on. I'm with John. And he wouldn't let us. So that that got kiboshed. Third time I filmed him at the cutting room in New York. He came on and we got so it was so funny. We had to stop filming because I I had snot coming out (laughs) my nose and running down my lips. And John, John says, Bob, are you I said, no, I don't smoke. I really don't. You know, I said, no. He said, it's okay if you do, because you're a musician and you get a pass on it. I said, no. And and so I said, I just need to compose myself. And we're just laughing like two schoolgirls. Yeah. And he turns to me and he says, you know what? I'm going to make up a T-shirt that says oats, oats better than pot and so i got back to work the next couple days and there's a girl i work with that makes t-shirts on the side she made me two and i mailed them to his them to his home in colorado and he wrote me a thank you and it says oats oats better than pot oh man (laughs) so yeah so that was a shout out i like to hear that johnny oats north Carolina. he is yeah wrestler too wrestler Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, nice. yeah. Wrestled. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, all right. Well, honestly, Bob, this was a fucking blast, dude. It uh, was. I mean, I can't, we can't wait to have you back on for part two. There's so much we didn't cover. Mob run uh, <laughs> restaurant that you worked at, the funeral home we barely <laughs> right. touched, Kmart, right. all this yeah. stuff. So, right. but uh, before we get out of here, is there anything you want to say to your adoring fan base before we take off? Just that you are, and I'm not kissing up to you, man. You are like the most <laughs> awesome coach that whipped wow. me into shape. You are amazing, man. You man, are a credit. Best, you are a credit to Henzo Gracie's. You really are, man. No, that's you, nice so that, that, that's, that's all. And you let an old guy like work out. <laughs> And, and with like 20 year olds to get the crap beat out of them you know yeah, you're, so you're the it, best man you were always in my corner that. so thank hey, you thank it's, you it's easy to be in your corner brother you're a great dude thank so, you hey of course man thank love you, you pal. That. hey right back at you buddy uh jana the heartbreaker helo anything you want to say to the heartbreaker fanatics out there <laughs> yeah sorry i won't be seeing you guys tonight i'll be with bob <laughs> <laughs> Baby. Yeah, two gonna... two West Philly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> the enemy, sir. <laughs> and then Jalen Derb, anything you want to say to the Dubinatics before we get out of here? I'm with Janet, y'all. I'm gonna get drunk with Bob. Yo, he sounds like fun, yo. <laughs> you, Bob legit sounds after like the you. show. It's the after get along like two. two Bob is the pod, yo. Bob is you and twenty. That like Bob is your yeah. like you and oh, twenty bet, years. Yeah. If I yeah. if I turn out like Bob, it'd be a goddamn blessing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, oh I, my god. I leave you with the the uh, the best weekend update sign off is I'm Chessy Chase and you're not. <laughs> <laughs>
It's the best fucking sign off there. Yeah, oh, he's the greatest. You do know one last thing? He was only on for one season. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill so, Murray, people think Bill Murray was original cast, but he wasn't. No. And no. they Who do you but think would have won a fight, Chevy or Bill? Chet, well, they <laughs> apparently they did they did fight, but it was like did broken they? up. Yeah. Got uh, par- by his brother. So the <laughs> yeah, right. the right. rumor has it. Like cool. think dude, think about this. Stripes, Caddyshack, uh Fleck, Chet- like all yeah. of that had come out like in that time period. So Chevy Chase and Bill Murray are legit like one and two top funniest people in like top funniest yeah. movie stars in the world at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. So Chevy was on SNL. Apparently he was kind of a, you know, douche to deal with. He yeah. comes back the next year. Bill Murray is now on the show. Right. And Chevy came back to host. And apparently like he came back trying to be the big swinging dick and Murray just wasn't <laughs> having it. And he, I, he said some shit. I don't know. Rumor has it he said something about uh, Murray's acne scars, and Murray, you know, like that's a dick move. So yeah, yeah. yeah, you shouldn't say shit like that. And I think Murray just fucking like because Murray's you know from the Chicago street guy, so he's fucking ready to throw down. Fucking Bill Murray. (laughs) I would say I would love. I mean, I would like to think Bill Murray won just because you know because he's fucking Bill Murray. He's too clearly. He's like fucking Murray. I don't think you either know how to fight. Yeah, no, God. <laughs> I really it's don't. Two com- it's two comedians. Very fighting. high on cocaine. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Two high rich people fighting you know, <laughs> yeah. in, in, yeah. in 30 Rock Studios hallways. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm sure hey, they just were like, you yeah, know. Right, yeah. right. Right. Hey, you guys do an awesome show. You got awesome awesome chemistry and wow. matt you're an awesome host man unbelievable hey, you're, you're, you're gonna go far you're gonna no, go far you're thank the best you. bob no man thank, thank you. you for saying that well you know speaking of awesome chemistry and an awesome host this has been another episode of the working perspectives podcast i'm matt lavelle and i'm coming today by Jalen dub justin richardson the heartbreaker Janny helo and our guest today is the man, the myth, the fucking best, Bob <laughs> Miles. In case you're wondering, you can find all our stuff and all our content and all podcast platforms on YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can get us on Instagram, Working Perspectives Podcast, and you can join us on the Twitter and the TikTok at Working PE Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at workingperspectives.gmail.com and please like and subscribe so we can keep this party going. Thanks for listening and stick around for the ad read. Thanks. See you. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, T is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.